On today's episode of Locked on Lightning, we continue our coverage of the Lightning repeating as Stanley Cup champions. Uh, we have a special guest on today's show, and that is former Lightning GM, the architect of the 2004 Stanley Cup uh, team in Jay Feaster along with us on the show today. He discusses everything going on with the team right now. Currently, all some of the festivities they got going on in the coming days as well as the players on this team, uh, what it means to the organization for a second Stanley Cup to be won in as many years. So we get into all of that and more. But just a reminder that today's show is brought to you by Spotify Green Room. Download the app and join me. Uh, I guess we'll do. We'll probably do some off-season live shows. I know we didn't get a lot, a lot of chances to do some shows during the playoffs, but. Go ahead, follow us on the app, and when we go live, you will be notified. So give us a follow at on my page at a danker d e n k e r, and go ahead and do that. So without further ado, let's play that music. I'm Adam Danker of Field Pass Hockey. I cover the Orlando Solar Bears, the ECHL affiliate of your Tampa Bay Lightning. On today's episode, we'll be having a special guest, and that is Jay Feaster, former GM, the GM of the 2004 Stanley Cup team, also still uh, very closely associated with the franchise, as we all know. He's on the show to discuss the recent win, of course, how this team differs maybe from last year's team, some of the highs. Uh, from this playoff run as well so can't wait to have that him on in just a little bit Uh, but first please like and subscribe to this podcast you guys have been fantastic with the following Uh, whether you're a longtime listener or you're just joining us for the first time go ahead we're a lot we're available on every podcast uh, app that distributes podcasts just had a little brain fart there so go ahead and do that uh like and subscribe download really helps the show uh going forward so yeah and give us a follow on our social media pages lo underscore lightning on twitter locked on lightning locked on underscore lightning on instagram give us a follow and if you want to tweet to me as well to my personal page at danky dank d-e-n-k-y d-a-n-k i tweet about everything with the lightning as well as just hockey in general pop culture all that stuff uh if you want to reach out to me with a question or a question for the show uh we could answer it on an episode or in a spotify green room uh when we do our live shows so go ahead and do all that we really really thank you all for all the support and and enthusiasm you've shown us uh throughout the last two seasons and you know not to get cocky here but since i became the host of locked on lightning Lightning have won two cups. Is it a coincidence? I don't think so. Or maybe it is. I don't think it is, though. <laughs> so uh, why don't we get into our talk with Jay Feaster. Hope you guys enjoy this. The Lightning are coming off their second straight Stanley Cup win, which is still kind of weird to say that still. It's only been a couple of days uh, since they did it. And 
former GM of the Tampa Bay Lightning, Jay Feaster, is here with me today to kind of break it all down once more. Uh, Jay, you've been running around like a madman the last couple of days, and and you you said the perfect thing in response that it's a it's a it's a good kind of crazy though down there. Yeah, it sure is. It, it sure is. What is what is the mood around the team right now? I bet it's even more escalated than what it was last year as to you know when they won the yeah, first one. There's, there's no question the fact that the guys were able to do it on home ice and the, the fact that they're able to do it in front of their family and friends and now they're able to celebrate with family and friends. They they have uh, you know a few days the the big boat parade and mm-hmm. celebration at Julian B Lane uh, Riverfront Park is taking place all that's going on on Monday so they have the weekend ahead of them I, I just hope that they're uh, that they're sober enough that they can in, they can show up on Monday and enjoy <laughs> that and 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 clearly it's going to be a lot of fun it's it is an ebullient mood as you can imagine and uh, it's just so cool for the city and the fan base to be able to experience this together and get out there now in the you know no longer the covid restrictions and and truly celebrate as a community. Yeah, absolutely. And there was videos that I actually saw this morning where the guys didn't leave the arena until 3 a.m. yesterday morning. So yeah, uh, yeah, you know that's the, the great part about our organization, and and if from our owner Jeff Finnick to our team president, uh, you know Steve Griggs, our team president, the, those guys, they make sure that everybody's taken care of and the guys had a place to celebrate themselves, to celebrate, to bring their families in. And it's, it's one of those things. And I I can only imagine what it's like for that group because they did win it in a bubble last year and didn't have that opportunity with family and friends, but you don't want to leave. I mean, I remember in 04, we, we all as a group with our families went upstairs to the the restaurant and uh, you know, it was open again, just for the team and the organization and, and, and it's awesome. You, you don't ever want to leave. So I, I can't say I'm surprised that they were there until three o'clock in the morning. Yeah, that, it was a cool sight to see with uh, Stammer coming out with the cup, letting some of the fans that waited that long to touch it, as well as uh, Blake Coleman coming out with a giant bottle of champagne and letting people take sips out of it. So that was pretty cool to see. Um, kind of going back on the whole run itself, um, the, the thing that really stuck out to me with this, and, and I want to get your two cents in on that as well, is that it didn't seem like we had a stereotypical playoff run where you have a couple of moments where the team is kind of backed up against the wall. Other than maybe for game seven against the Islanders, the Lightning, for the most part, were in control of this playoff run. Did you get did you have that feeling as well? Or did you see something else that from this no, team? I, I agree with you, Adam. I, I don't think that there was uh, I don't believe there was jeopardy or there was danger that, that that backs against the wall kind of feel until, as you point out, game seven against the Islanders. And, you know, we all know that game seven, it can be a coin toss. And so that's always danger. And, and that's always a, a desperate situation. But other than that, I mean, this this group, I, I really believe that they recognized that they could do something that was really special and that they could cement their destiny. I thought it was interesting. John Cooper has talked about it and, 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 and made it very clear that he told this group, we'll never be together again as a group. 
but at the, the makeup of this group right now, this team right now, this particular cast will not be together again simply because of the salary cap and, and what happens in the salary cap era. And, and so I, I believe that the team recognized that. They understood that. They understood they had an opportunity to cement their legacy. And, and they also recognized that, you know, win, lose, or, or draw in terms of games four or five or six in the final, that one way or the other, as long as they won the Stanley Cup, they could celebrate with, with family and friends. So I, I think a lot of those things drove this group. And, and I really don't believe it was until that Islander series and it going seven games that this group felt that they were in any level of, of jeopardy. Yeah. And that was the, and the good thing about this whole playoff run with that as well, is that obviously with the way the season, the schedule was, was structured and the everything with that going into that. And then even last year's bubble, uh, a lot of people have kind of said that these last two cups have been not legitimate, where if you look at who they had to play to get up to this, 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 this point, they played some of the best teams in the NHL. You, you, you know, you play the Florida Panthers first off who, I don't think really anybody expected the only person that I spoke to coming into this season uh, who said, watch out for the Panthers was Dave Randorf lightning play by play, man. He said that, you know, watch out. And then obviously a week, uh, a day later, the, the lightning play the Panthers and the Panthers show their true colors. And then the lightning go into the, the next round. They play the hurricanes who are, you know, no team that should be taken seriously uh, should not be taken lightly. Excuse me. And then you have the Islanders and we all know what happened in last year's run. So really, you know, the, the, the legitimacy is there for, for this cup run uh, and, and say what you want about how Montreal got to this level, uh, to this point, they had a fantastic run. Uh, they were up against the wall against Toronto at some point, And they came back obviously and, and, and won that series after being down three, nothing, but I'll tell you what, Adam, I would argue that from a legitimacy standpoint, I, I really believe, and obviously I was the GM of a team that won the first cup here yeah. in 04, so I have experience with winning it. I would argue that what this team accomplished the last two seasons, 2020 and 2021, in winning the cup, that it, it was done under the most incredibly difficult circumstances yeah. that we will ever see, or at least I hope we ever see in, in the National Hockey League. To, to be able to go into that bubble last year and to focus just on the task at hand and not think about all of the other distractions and all the fact that you'd rather be with your family and the fact that you miss your family. And, you know, you, there's so many things playing on you mentally and that this group was able to overcome that. Then you have the short off season and now you're right back in it. You're the division is different but you're playing the same teams the entire way. And, and then you open and you're doing it again, not in the bubble per se, but still with NHL COVID-19 uh, protocols in place mm -hmm. that basically restrict your movement. You're, you're going, the players are going from their home to the rink, uh, the rink to the FBO to charter out. When they get to the visiting team city, they're going to their hotel and they're staying in the hotel. They're not going out as a clique of guys or as a group to the restaurants in that city. If they have family or friends or former teammates who live in that city that they're playing, they're not going to see them. Nothing was the same. It, it, it was, again, uh, a foreign, unusual environment. Yeah, 
similar to last year. But again, that's not the environment that these guys grew up playing in. And it's certainly not the pro environment they were used to. So I, I really, you know, people who question legitimacy, yeah, there's a reason that one team did it twice and that 30 other teams didn't do it because it's not that easy to do. So I, I give these guys full marks, no asterisks whatsoever as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, absolutely. And, and on top of all of that, they were asked to do this in a span of 10 months, which is That's insane right. to think about. And you brought up John Cooper before, and John Cooper is one of those guys that I, I still believe that he is one of the most underrated coaches in the NHL and definitely one of the most underappreciated. And just to kind of put it into perspective, he's the sixth NHL head coach in the expansion era to coach in the Stanley Cup final three times with the same team and also the youngest to do so since Glenn Sather did in 1985. And, and we all know what Glenn Sather's hockey resume looks like. So, I, I I mean, this definitely has to put him up there. I mean, a lot of the name that definitely gets thrown around and no disrespect to him is Barry Trotz as being one of the best goal, uh, coaches in the league. But where does this put John Cooper uh, on the list of best goalie, uh, best coaches kind of within the last 20 years? Yeah, I, I agree with you that it puts him right up there. I, I really, and I give, I give poop high marks. I, I believe that after what happened in 2019 against Columbus, that after they, they run through the entire national hockey league in the regular season, tie an NHL record for wins with 62 wins. And then they get, embarrassed by the Columbus Blue Jackets swept in a four-game series. I, I really believe that Coop, that, that he modified the way he approaches things at the end of that year. I, I really think that it became less uh, about Coop and more in Coop's mind about how do I reach these, how do we, how do I get this group to the next level? How, how what, what must I do to help? How, how can I help them get to the next level? And, and I really believe that he deserves the highest of, of accolades and recognition along with his boss. You know, when you think about what Julian Brisebois did, first of all, go back to 2019, that kind of an embarrassment after the regular season that the team had, there are a lot of owners who would have said, well, I'm going to get a new GM. Somebody has to pay a price. Someone's head has to roll. Obviously, Jeff Vinnick never wavered. He said, and he said it publicly, repeatedly, Julian Breesbaugh is my guy. You know that there are a heck of a lot of general managers who would have said, well, a head has to roll. Someone has to pay the price. My head coach is out because we haven't won a Stanley Cup yet. And we've had all these big time stars and weapons. So many coaches would have said, I need a new head coach or GMs would have said, I need a new head coach. Mm -hmm. Julian didn't do that. Julian went to school on those lessons. Julian retooled with what we needed. He brought in guys who are harder to play against, guys who had a little bit more size, a little bit more grit, snarl. Again, tougher to play against. And, and Coop then took those guys, took the, the players that he was given, and said, we need to change the way we play. Yes, we want to be go, go, go and high octane, but we need to be prepared to win games one nothing in the postseason if we want to get to the promised land. So, I, I agree with you, the, the highest of marks to, to Coop, and at the same time, the highest of marks to Julian Brisebois and our owner, because there are a lot of owners who wouldn't have been patient. Well, that just speaks back to just how incredible this organization is from top to bottom. And it all starts with 
Jeff Vinnick. That's what really what it comes down to. And and kind of moving on to Julian Brees was his job, a job that, you know, very well is, you know, while everybody is is focusing on the parade that's going to happen Monday and, you know, all the, the post cup glow that is going on right now in the city of Tampa, as well as around the NHL. I'm sure Julian is kind of sitting at home already with the wheels turned in his head. How am I going to replicate this one more time? You know, because he, I guarantee you, he's thinking about three P. The guys when they get to the parade and they get up to the the, the podium are going to try and put coherent sentences together to where they could talk about a three P. So, what is you know Julian's? He has a tough task. The the, the salary cap obviously has been the main talk. Uh, for the past 10 months, most notably with the whole Kucherov situation, which we won't get into. But one of the top names, the two names that are kind of getting floated around right now with the Lightning is obviously Tyler Johnson. They tried to move him this past offseason. A deal never really came to fruition. He actually kind of bounced back in the playoffs, which was great to see. And then the other name that uh, a lot of Lightning fans have really fallen in love with since the first playoff game he played in was Blake Coleman. Uh, he's had a fantastic go of it since joining the Lightning uh, from last year's trade deadline. Um, and he's projected to be signed at least $5 million AAV. And right now, Dallas is the favorite, that being his hometown team. Uh, where, what does Julian do? You know, how, what does he have to do? Obviously, you know, they have a lot of young guys waiting in the, in the wings in Syracuse and Orlando that are chomping at the bits. We saw some of those guys up in the NHL this year with some of the injuries. Injuries. So where, where does he go from here? Well, I, I, I have to say that I'm, uh, you know, I'm glad that it's his responsibility. <laughs> because it's, uh, I'm not going to say it's an intractable problem or situation, but it is a very difficult one. And, and you know, it's someone is going to be lost to the, the Kraken, to Seattle. Yeah. By uh, on the 17th of this month, he's going to, Julian's going to have to submit his protected list and, and I'm certain that the Kraken were following the postseason very, very closely. You know, you're right about a guy like Tyler Johnson. And, and give props to Tyler for the way he bounced back in the postseason. This is a guy who, as you pointed out, was on waivers, subject of trade talks. He was a guy who was scratched from the, the opening night roster, again, solely because of cap considerations. And, and yet he responded like... Uh, beyond like a pro in my opinion because a lot of pros would have sulked and would have pouted and would have been a, a disruption to the group not him he takes the role that he's that he's asked to 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 do uh, but I have to believe that his stock rose in the postseason and I would have to think that he is someone that the Kraken are going to be looking at you're, you're right about Blake Coleman I, I guarantee you this team does not want to lose Blake Coleman he is an incredibly valuable piece and and one of the reasons this group got over the hump and and won last year and again this year but if if in fact he's going to be coming in at an AAV of five or five and a half in term it's going to be tough so the, this this group will not look the same you you hit it on the head in terms of guys in Syracuse waiting to to make this team we did see it in the postseason uh, you know, the guy who scored the, the game winner in the clinching game, uh, you know, against Montreal, Ross Colton, he's, he's a guy, he, he was a first year uh, NHL player this year. It was his, his first crack at it. So, you know, he's a guy that would be expected to be with the team next year. There are a lot of guys that are knocking on that door 
and and Julian, I'm I'm anxious to watch it myself. I don't have any uh, inside information as far as you know what he's going to do with the protected list. What what the what's the impact now of the injury to Alex Kalorn, for example? Yeah. And and you talk about a warrior plays with uh, or get, has a broken bone, uh, broken fibula, gets a, a pin inserted, and is trying to play, wants to play in the final. Uh, but does that impact? how the lightning think in terms of going forward in the protected list does it impact if he's exposed does it impact how seattle thinks so i'm anxious to watch it and and uh, the best thing that we can do i'm glad i'm not in julian's shoes the best thing we can do i think as fans is enjoy basking in that stanley cup glow for two years and yeah. see how it's yeah absolutely that's all you could do i think the best thing for everyone right now is not worry about that uh julian don't don't even think about work for a couple of days. Just worry about how you're going to get around Tampa with all your guys. Um, what a fantastic run by this team. Just, you know, all across the board, there was there was not really a weak spot. And, and I guess this is a good good topic to kind of end things on is one of the, the bright marks on this team throughout the entire playoff run has been Andre Vasilevsky. And prior to the playoffs starting, I spoke with a, a colleague of mine here at Locked On about how whenever we have the conversation about if you had to pick one goaltender to win you a game seven or, or a big game in this, in the, in the cup finals or in the playoffs, the names that usually get floated around are Dominic Hasek, Patrick, Patrick Waugh and, and Marty Brodeur. And the reason why we brought that up is because I thought at that time, Andre Vasilevsky wasn't in that conversation. He wasn't the guy yet, but well, certainly after this cup run and, and, having a shutout in all clinching games on the cup run. I think he's in the conversation. He's definitely in the conversation now. Um, and, and now we're talking about if he wins a couple more Vezinas, which really in actuality, I think he should have won these last couple of years. Where does this put him all time? I know there's still a lot to be written about Andre Vasilevsky for the rest of his career, but where is he ranked right now in terms of the, the other greats? I, I think he is going to be and, and deserves now to be in the conversation uh, to be considered one of the all-time greats. This is a, a young man who turns 27, uh, I believe, this month. I, I believe he turns 27 in July. And and there's no question. You you look at what he's accomplished. First of all, over the last two years that, you know, he has backstopped this group that when they lose a game in the postseason – they don't lose another one in, in a row. They, they don't lose two games yeah. in a row. I, I find that just to be incredible. You hit on it that this season in the run in 21, that every one of the clinching series games that he pitched a shutout. And you think about the pressure of a game seven and in the, in the semifinal and, and he, he wins one, nothing. Then he comes back and he does it again in the Stanley cup final to, to eliminate Montreal but it's not just this year that he did it. Go back to last year in the bubble, the elimination game against Dallas when, when the Lightning win that cup, he shuts them out too. So for him, it's actually five series in a row that he has eliminated the opposition by way of a shutout. Uh, it, it's, I, I think he's, he's one of the best ever to play the game. Uh, you, you see the concentration. You see the, the fact that his teammates love him. I'm sure you saw the the video that uh, the post game interview that the media did with Nikita Kucherov, 
and, and what coach thinks about him and coach's opinion as to the fact that he hasn't, he didn't win the Vezin of the last two years. And I will tell you that, you know, there's no doubt this is a young man who, if you said to him, you, you can be the Vezin, a trophy winner uh, for the next 10 years in a row, or you can be the Stanley cup champion for whatever number of years in the next 10 years in a row. He's, he's happy to hoist that cup. Yeah, no doubt about it. A great goaltender on a great team that is definitely in the conversation for one of the best teams within the last 20 years, especially since uh, the 05, 05 lockout. So uh, nope. definitely can't wait to see how this team kind of in the coming days, how they celebrate things. I know they have big shoes to fill with how the Buccaneers had their Super Bowl celebration with throwing the the, the Lombardi trophy around. I don't know how how reasonable that will be with throwing around a 35 uh, pound trophy, but we'll have to wait and see what the guys have in store. Uh, Jay, thanks for coming on and enjoy the celebration, man. Uh, I'm excited for you. Excited for everybody in an organization on being a part of uh, a repeat. Thanks. Thanks, Adam. It, it's awesome. It's uh, I've said it before. We are the greatest owner, not just in hockey, in my opinion, but in sports. And it's uh, it's a true pleasure and an honor to be part of it. And, and to see what those guys accomplished. I'm just, I'm so happy for all of them and I'm happy for our owner. And let's just take a moment to discuss one of today's sponsors and that is Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar in the world. And right now they have a limited time flavor. Actually today is the deadline for their limited time flavor and that is Grasshopper Cookie. Uh, I've tasted it, it's pretty good. It's pretty good, it's different. Uh, definitely want to go out and, and get this on your hands before it's too late. So my favorite flavor, though, when we don't have these limited time flares, is definitely the double chocolate or even the cookies and cream. So it's kind of a toss-up in that respect. These are super healthy protein bars, great for the health-conscious person if you want to lose some, lose some weight or pack on a couple of pounds. It could also be used as a meal substitute before or after your trips to the gym as things are starting to open up more, whether you're in Florida or somewhere else in the country. Definitely want to get these on your hands. So go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your first order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. And a huge thanks to Jay Feaster for coming on once again. If you want to go back and take a listen to the first episode he appeared on, uh, I'm sure you could go back and find that. That was a great episode as well. We talked about the first time, uh, the Lightning won in 04, how Jay became to be involved with the organization, how that 04 team, uh, what they had to go through to get to becoming Stanley Cup champions and winning for the first time in franchise history. Believe it or not, a little bit of a similar path that the Lightning had to go through with, you know, the collapse in, in to the Columbus Blue Jackets and then the following year winning the Cup. So uh, definitely go back and listen to that. Uh, and then as well as the other episodes where we basically take a look back at the the 4 run, um, that, that Stanley Cup Finals. Uh, I go back, I watch the games, and I talk about what happened in each game. So definitely go back and listen to all of that. Uh, Jay's going to have a blast over the next couple of days, and, and I bet the boys in the parade are going to have a fantastic time as well. Uh, so, and, and, and kind of continuing the conversation I had with Jay, as well as the conversation I had, uh, I, I popped on to the live show of Locked on Avalanche with my partner in crime from the 
Locked On NHL Thursday Spot Show and Chris Masilli. We spoke about how the Avalanche would be able to replicate this or come close to replicating the success that the, that the Tampa Bay Lightning would have. And I don't know if, if they can right now. Well, they can. I mean, it it's, could very well be done. Uh, and we, we kind of spoke about it on the Locked On NHL show as well. And, and really what it comes down to is that I don't feel that the two-goalie system necessarily works. I'm more old school. You have your guy. Uh, and you stick to him, and that's basically what it comes down to. And, and once you could fill in the pieces around that, um, on a playoff run, you have a very good chance of contending for a championship. And Chris came back at me and said, well, it's easy to say when you have the best goalie in the world, which is also true. Um, and, and what a fantastic run by Andre Vasilevsky over the last two years. Uh, five straight shutouts in playoff clinching games in in games then which they clinch so i i think he's in the in in the conversation now if, if you didn't hear um my point i think i believe i made it on yesterday's show as well is that you know whenever you talk about the greatest goalies and we all have had this conversation as hockey fans before where you have a game seven or you have a big game it's a must win for your team you got to throw out one goaltender there to win the game for you. And usually the goaltenders that are usually spoken about in any goaltender from history, it's usually Hasek, Brodeur, and Wah. And at the start of the playoffs, I told Chris, I don't think Vasilevsky's there yet. Well, I think he's there. And Jay even took it a step further in our conversation, as you just heard, to say that Vazzy's on well on his way to being the best ever, which is – it's incredible to think about considering he's only 26 27 years old so we'll go over more of that when we go into player grades and rankings and all that stuff in the offseason but something to definitely think about in the meantime that really this is when when we talk in five ten years about the back-to-back run, possibly even a three-peat. We're, we're still far away from even achieving achieving that. But when we talk about the John Cooper era in Tampa Bay, we're going to talk about the good old days. And, and really, I think this is really right now, unless the Lightning go on, which I expect them to 20 years from now to, to win more championships, we're living in the greatest moments in franchise history right now. And, and it's wild to think about it in the moment, the good old days. So that, that's just something to think about. And just, wow, what a fantastic, fantastic um, time that we are having right now as hockey fans, fan of the sport, as well as fans of the Tampa Bay Lightning. So that's been it for today's episode of Locked on Lightning, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. I'm your host, Adam Danker. I'll talk to you in the next one.